0: Good morning and welcome to Local Matters. I'm Caroline Moore, and today I am joined by Jill Minette from El Puente here in Cookville. Jill, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me on the show. Jill, y'all have an exciting event coming up, the Great Chase Race. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yes, this is a race that we
1: will be hosting in Cookville on Saturday, August 12th at 8 a.m. It's being put on by two local nonprofits, Mana Global Missions and Flint Global. And we're doing it to support our new Hispanic Community Center, El Puente. And this uh, race has a little bit of a catch because one of the Upper Cumberland's best runners, Mr. Michael England, will be beginning the race after the start several minutes and then chasing down the participants (laughs) (laughs) that would like to be chased. Um, And the hope is that we'll have a few people that will outrun him, but maybe also that he'll bypass some of our racers as well. We'll have prizes for all of the people that beat him. Um, Free Kona Ice will be out there for all the people that beat Michael, but we're hoping that just adds a little bit of competition and fun to a race, but if racing is not really your vibe, we have... Uh, you can bring your stroller, you can walk, you can jog, you can not participate in the race at all. And uh, we're just hoping it's a fun morning for a lot of people to participate in and support a good cause. And this is a 5K. Yes, the race is a 5K. There's That's going to begin at 8 a.m. And then there's also going to be a one-mile kids fun run. We think we're going to let them start with Michael. A few minutes after the fact, as he starts to
0: chase down all of our runners that want to be chased, I love this concept yeah. of Michael just chasing people down. He's fast. In case you don't know, very fast. He is always breaking the the finish line ribbon. Yes, yes. At the five Ks and at the he, 5Ks until... exactly.
1: And he's done the St. Jude Marathon, and he placed in the
0: St. Jude Marathon,
1: so he's a legit runner. So we've had a lot of people that I think they're ready to rise to the challenge, and they want to see if they can beat him, even. With a significant head start. So,
0: yeah, <laughs> we're that's, excited. That's the only way I'd be able to do it. I yeah. can't really work out alone. I need somebody chasing yes. me or and, yelling at me. And he
1: was talking, <laughs> I mean, I think he's going to heckle. He was talking the other day. I mean, he thinks some people, he can even beat some people even with as much as an eight minute head start. So
0: <laughs> I would like to see it. See, this, we is, will see. this is a good spectator yes, event. It's a
1: great spectator event. Yeah. If you don't want to participate in the running, it'll be worth it for watching, I believe. And where is it going to take place? So our race will begin at the biz foundry and it's going to run kind of in the downtown cookville area. It'll go up through tech a little bit and then we'll finish right across the street at the exceptional Bean, That'll which is be where fun. Michael, what Michael's and CG started. So.
0: Yes. And this is
1: all to benefit El Pointe. Yes, that's correct. So, The two organizations putting this on are MANA Global Missions and Flint Global. Both of us um, work separately, but do a lot of global initiatives. Um, I work for MANA Global Missions, and we've done a lot of mission work overseas. Um, And then when we came back to the States, my husband and I, Chad, we wanted to do something here locally within our community. Since both of us were Spanish speakers, because we lived in the Dominican Republic, we became really interested in the Hispanic community here. And then Flint Global, they do a lot of work um, basically helping empower people with businesses and entrepreneurships, and um, they're very passionate about just working within communities and doing the things that they can do to help that community grow and thrive. And their executive director, Travis Troll, is one of our good friends, so when we started talking to him about El Puente, he was immediately on board with wanting to help us get that figured out for our area. And so we're partnering with them in that to put this on to
0: ultimately benefit the Hispanic Community Center that we started, El Puente. Okay, so we have these two organizations, MANA Global Missions and then Flint. Correct. And then they are raising that money for El Puente, exactly, which is a Hispanic community center, right? You've got it.
1: (laughs) Okay, great. You've got all the all the moving parts. Well, that's because you explained it so well. (laughs) Well,
0: (laughs) Tell us about this community center. When was it founded? Right. So we started last year.
1: Like I said, my husband and I we had lived in the Dominican Republic for. About five years, we moved back to the States in 2015. We lived a couple years in um, Fairfax, Virginia, and then we ended up back in Cookville. I'm from here originally. Chad's from Chattanooga. And then we have another couple that works with us, Jeff and Jordan Reese, and they also had lived on the mission field with us. They're both from Chattanooga, and they've landed here in Cookville as well. And so when we all got back to the States, we were all continuing to work for MANA, doing a lot of fundraising and administrative things, which was great. But the more we settled into this community, we all just sort of felt this calling to we need to do something right here in our own area where we're living, where we're working, where we're interacting with people. And since we all spoke Spanish, I decided to reach out to um, the principal at Jerry Woodson Elementary School at the time. I knew they had a large Hispanic population. I thought maybe we can translate. And the second I sent the email, uh, he replied and was like, yes, we can come over anytime. (laughs) So we got on their translating list and through that got connected with another program that's through the river called Community ESL. And that year, this was all in 2018, they were starting to do um, English classes at Jerry Whitson Elementary School on Tuesday nights for anybody in the community that wanted to come. They were free. You didn't have to have a student at the school. Anybody could come and participate and be a part of that. And so we decided to sign up to teach. Through that, we started meeting all of these Hispanic families that were coming because that was most of the people that were coming to our classes and just realizing While English definitely was a need, there was a lot more going on below the surface and just a lot of um, need for connection, need for community. There's so many challenges that people face when they get here and they don't know anybody, they don't have anybody, Mm -hmm. they can't communicate well, and we just had a heart for that community and so decided to kind of, we threw around a bunch of ideas and ultimately landed on the community center because we felt like it could impact the most people and allow us to have the most reach and point people to as many resources and things as possible i 'm um, sure all of your listeners know Cookville is an extremely generous place. we have tons of resources available, and a lot of times it just comes down to knowing where to go to get those things mm-hmm. and so that 's really what we 've been passionate about is pushing people in the directions of hey, they can help you get your bank account set up here or Maybe you are trying to seek asylum. Here's some lawyers that can help you with that or all of these just different or you just need some friends because you just moved here and you don't know anybody. So we've been really trying to just compile resources, push people in the direction of places that they can go and ultimately help people feel like they're a part of this community.
0: And that's part of it, right? It's not just creating the resources. It's letting them know the resources are available. Yes. And honestly, we've learned so much that I'm
1: just like, (laughs) oh, my goodness, I didn't know this was even an option here that somebody did this already. And we really don't want to reinvent the wheel. Like we love that there are so many things out there. We just want to help people get connected with all of that stuff.
0: And like you said, there's that extra barrier with language that yes. comes with that. So even if there are programs through y'all, through El Puente, uh, Global Mana, mm-hmm. Flint, all these things, they, they might not realize that exactly Same thing with uchra exactly uh, they've been in here talking about how they had to revamp and rethink how they communicate with certain members of the right. population and
1: we've even noticed so many groups are starting to think about stuff like that um, even just within the school system that's been another one almost everything they send home now is in english and spanish and you know that's great because we do have these are our neighbors these are people that are living around us our kids are going to school together and we just want people to make sure that they feel welcome and like they have a place here Um, El Puente, it's a Spanish phrase and it means the bridge. And that is primarily why we called it that was because we really want to bridge that gap both ways. We want people who are moving here from different places who don't speak English, who aren't familiar with this culture or this language or the things going on in the U.S. We want them to feel welcomed and that they can find the resources and things that they need. But then also we want the people who are already here and established in our community to help integrate those people into the things that we've already got going on. We're hoping that this place and that the activities that we have and the opportunities opportunities that we offer will allow that to happen.
0: So this is a fundraiser, the Great Chase Race, for El Puente Community Center. Correct. Is the center built yet, or is this to get money to build it? Well, we have been super blessed so far. We we have a building.
1: It's actually a house, an old house, but we're located right across from... My father's mustache and college side church were on that corner of oh, Jefferson great. and ninth It's a little old house there, um and actually the church owns it they were they had used it for various things over the years, and so we had asked about possibly using it for the center and they immediately were like, "Yes, no problem um so that's been a huge blessing to just have a physical space to direct people to to allow people to come to um and We have hopes of maybe eventually moving in closer into some of the communities where people are living, but for now it's been great and uh, free, and so we're hoping that these this fundraiser will allow us to host some more activities and classes. And um, we've been doing a lot of that this past year that I can tell you more about too. And we're hoping that will just grow as the years
0: go on. So this will be a center where people can say even come during the day if they need help. Or yes, so right now um, the house,
1: our Mana Global Missions, we operate our offices out of there as well. So somebody's there every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Our dream this next year is we would love to hire what we've been calling a few caseworkers that Mm -hmm. are basically fluent in English and Spanish so that we could kind of have this appointment type setting where people could come in and, hey, I'm needing help with, you know, this specific thing. I'm I'm needing something, somebody to go with me to my child's school because I'm needing a translating service or whatever. Or where could I go to the doctor or the dentist? Or can I get this for, you know, can I get this healthcare service if I don't have insurance? Just all of these questions that we get all Mm -hmm. of the time. Um, And that way we would have some specific people that could help within those specific cases, direct them in the ways that they can go, see if there's Spanish speakers available that could help with that. And hopefully that will be a kind of more of an open door policy that we would have throughout the day of just people coming in. Right now, we've been more um, led by like the activities or the events that we do. Our biggest event every week is this thing called Cafecito. It's every Wednesday uh, from 4.30 to 6.30, and all are welcome. But we did that because it's at the same time that the College Side Church across the street, they host a weekly pantry where people can come and get food items. And so as a lot of Hispanic families were going to that, and as people were leaving, we were just inviting them to come over and have some coffee and visit and enjoy being around one another. Well, this has grown, and we had it last night, and there were probably— 50 ish people that showed up. And so it's just families and people coming by. Some stay for a few minutes and have a cup of coffee. Some are there the whole two hours visiting. The kids are playing. Um, And this is a really culturally common thing in a lot of Hispanic countries. And so we've just tried to integrate things that people would feel comfortable with. And it's an excellent opportunity for us to build trust as just people that, Mm -hmm. you know, you can come to, you can ask us some questions. We can hopefully help you help you out. And we can just be your friends And so that's been an event we host every week out of the center. Um, And then we've also been doing some classes at various times throughout the year just to help people, again, connect with the resources and things available to them in the community
0: more with jill minette from el puente hispanic community center and cookville they have lots of great events including the great chase race this is a 5k with a twist racers will be chased it will be fun and funny and you can still sign up the great chase race what's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses when you shop local your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community helping to benefit your friends and neighbors local
1: schools roads and all aspects of community life
0: but what happens? to my money if I
1: spend it online or at a national chain store. In most cases, the profits go far away.
0: Out of state, corporate headquarters or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service too and unlike shopping online you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom and when it's delivered it's not a box on your step they're glad to install and set up everything office mart there's no other locally owned office store in the region south jefferson avenue across from hardy's shop local at office mart Welcome back to Local Matters. I'm Caroline Moore and today I'm joined by Jill Minette from El Puente Community Center in Cookville. Thank you so much again. Thanks again for having me. So y'all have this exciting event, the Great Chase
1: Race, coming up (laughs) August 12th. (laughs) August 12th, 8 a.m. starting at the Biz Foundry. People can still sign up. They can sign up until the morning of and it's going to be a fun, hopefully
0: fun-filled way to get a little exercise but also support a good cause. It's going to be fun and funny. I agree. <laughs> Michael England's going to be chasing y'all down. He is. You're going to look behind you. <laughs> he's
1: already planning his race day outfit, he told me recently. So, <laughs> not sure what that means, but you'll have to come
0: out and see. Can't wait. <laughs> and the Great Chase race benefits the upcoming El Puente Community Center. Exactly.
1: Our Hispanic Community Center, That the two organizations hosting the race, Mana Global Missions and Flint Global, um, they're sponsoring the race to benefit Cookville's new Hispanic Community Center, El Puente.
0: And y- Y'all are already super involved with our Hispanic community here. That's right. um, what kind of events have you been doing or have planned? Yes,
1: yeah, so like I mentioned uh, in the last little segment we did, we have our weekly cafecito from four thirty to six thirty. That's really the best, like just come and get to know some people and spend some time together, enjoy some snacks and just sort of take a load off after a long day at work or being at home with the kids or whatever it may be. Um, this past year we've done what we've been calling a few empowerment classes. We started with a class. Um, we just had a lot of people asking us about getting a driver's license. And basically the peop- um, we had some people that were eligible to get a license, but they were really struggling to pass the test, to even get a permit. And so we offered a class to... Just prep people for the test, make sure they were ready, that they knew all of the things that they needed to know to be able to drive here mm-hmm. in this country. Um, and we actually had a girl that ended up, she completed the whole course, she studied for the test, she got her permit, and she's on her way to getting her license. So that's pretty exciting. So we've done classes like that, and we've really tried to just listen to the needs within our community. So one of the things we were getting a lot of questions about was health care, um, what was available to, pe- to people if they were, I mean, if they didn't have health insurance, maybe their children had health insurance, but they didn't have health insurance. Um, can I go to the health department? Can I go to a doctor's office? Can I go to a clinic? Can I show up at the hospital? We were just getting so many questions about things like that. So we reached out to the Putnam County Health Department to see what was available in Spanish what kind of questions like that they could answer and they have been a huge resource that we have pointed to they have almost everything available in Spanish Um, any resource that they hand out they have tons of translators on staff and they offered after we reached out to come over to El Puente and we did a four-week session of classes we called health weeks Um, and basically every time they would come and talk about different resources available um, preventive things that people can do to take care of their health where you can go, what to do in case of an emergency. That was a huge question we were getting about, like, what do I do when there's a tornado warning? Because that's just not a common thing in most of the countries these people are from. Um, Just tons of things. Like, there was a whole section on ergonomics. And after every session that the health department would present, we would have a meal together and just sort of spend time together. So we did a four-week session, um, the health weeks, back in the spring. This summer, we did a session um, all through different parks. We went to several different parks in Cookville and we called them just family nights. But at every family night, we had dinner and then also um, an opportunity for people to connect with resources to get their kids ready for school. Power of Putnam was out there, the library, WCTE. Several people from the Putnam County School System came out to help with getting kids signed up for free and reduced lunch and all different kind of, kinds of things that just allow you to be set up for success for the whole school year. Um, we did four of those events this summer. Three were at Parks and one was at St. Thomas Aquinas Church, which was great. We had a ton of people come out. We were also able to share about the community center with them, which was really cool. And then this fall, we're hoping to do a session with the Putnam County Library just because they offer so many resources. We've talked to the director there about her coming over and sharing just what all of the free resources are and then having maybe even a final class where we actually go to the library, take a tour, show everybody where stuff is so they kind of feel comfortable going in there and have that trust. One of the other areas we've talked about doing in the future is some sort of like financial classes, budgeting, planning, opening a bank account, just kind of basic things that you maybe could do super easily in your home country, but feel really challenging here, especially Mm -hmm. with the language barrier. So, With all of our empowerment classes, we've tried to just listen to the community and hear, what are you needing when you're getting here? What's challenging? What could be helpful to you? And then let that sort of lead with the classes that we plan out.
0: There are so many little things, Mm, so many, (laughs) that are already hard enough for me to do. Yes, I'm reading a 1040 in my native tongue, and it's hard enough, so I can't imagine what it must be like, even if they speak decent English, to fill out complicated healthcare forms and
1: I think it's so easy for us who were born here to take for granted the ease at which some of those things come to us. Yeah. Um and, and a lot of these people are coming here and, you know, they've they've left family, they've left friends, they've left the only culture they've ever known. And they're doing that because they're recognizing that opportunities here are better or safer or what they want their family to be a part of as opposed to what they are coming from. That's not always the case for every person. Obviously, everybody has their own story. But we do see a lot of people leaving areas that have presented a lot of challenges and struggles for their family or for themselves. We just believe that people are people are people. And we want anybody who's here within our community to feel welcomed, to be a part of the things that are in this community. Cookville is a great place to live. And we want the people that are coming here and maybe don't immediately speak the same language as us to feel that welcomeness and love that we know that so many people in this community have.
0: And the Hispanic community is our biggest minority community. It is.
1: I'm not sure the percentage countywide, but the stat I keep hearing about the school system is somewhere between 17 and 20 percent which to me would be pretty reflective of the whole city or county beyond that. That's a huge percentage of Mm -hmm. kids at school that their first language is not English. Um, And so then that does go beyond that to represent those families. And this isn't a thing we can ignore. I mean, these are our neighbors. They're our friends. They're people that we're working alongside of. They're people we're seeing at the grocery store. And um, we just want to lead with love and let people know that, They're welcome here.
0: When they do better, we all do better. Exactly.
1: Exactly. We are big believers in that. And just the power of community within that, um, the power of belonging somewhere, the power Mm -hmm. of feeling welcomed somewhere, people all over can resonate with that, whether it's within your own family, a church setting, like whatever it may be where you feel welcomed and loved and safe, that is powerful. And so often when our Hispanic friends and people even from other countries show up here, they don't feel that. And so that was really a lot of our motivation behind wanting to open the center. All of us that work there, most of us are believers at some level. And we. so I think our drive for that comes from a lot, just our own beliefs. But also we have experienced that sense of belonging, community,
0: love. And we just want to share that with other people. Imagine leaving your home. Yeah. Imagine leaving Cookville. What would it have to take for you to leave cookville and all your family and friends and move to another country (laughs) i remember one day this makes always makes me think of
1: that my i was out walking with my kids we were down the street in the stroller and i ran into one of our friends who had been working at a little restaurant downtown And I knew she worked down there. She was, she's Hispanic. She's from El Salvador. And she was out there with her daughter. Her daughter's, you know, two or three years old. But I could also tell she had on her work uniform. And so I stopped and we were chatting. And I was like, oh, are you you done with work? And she was like, no, I'm just on my break. So which then led me to ask like, oh, what's your daughter doing? And she's like, oh, she just has to come to work with me. Because she didn't have childcare. She didn't have the connections to figure out how to get her into anywhere here, her boss was fortunately leaning enough to allow her to come and sit in the kitchen while her mom worked in there. But I remember after I left that conversation thinking like, oh my goodness, this is better for her than what she came from. Her carting her kid to work every day, probably working some job she's way overqualified for, but that's better than what she was mm-hmm. leaving. And I think that just speaks very broadly to a lot of the situations people are in. You know, no, nobody wants to leave their family and their home country and the culture they're familiar with. But sometimes the situations are so dire that they are willing to risk losing all of that to be
0: in a different situation. More with Jill Minette from El Puente Hispanic Community Center in Cookville right after the break. Good morning and welcome back to Local Matters. I'm Caroline Moore and I am joined by Jill Minette from El Puente Hispanic Community Center here in Cookville. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks for having me. Jill, you work a lot with the Hispanic populations in our area. Where are most of the Hispanic immigrants coming from?
1: So most in the Cookville area are from Guatemala or Mexico. Those are definitely the leading countries we're hearing from people. And even the statistics kind of point to that. Guatemala and Mexico to some extent, but Guatemala especially has has its own kind of unique set of challenges because most people from Guatemala also speak a dialect that is unique to the area that they are from within Guatemala. It's not specific to the whole country. It depends on where you're from. And we have a lot in our area that speak what they call Chu, which I was not familiar with until I got to know some people in that community. These dialects are nothing like Spanish. So that sometimes comes with its own set of challenges. Most people do also speak Spanish, but... We've definitely met some people that um, they're m- way more comfortable in their dialect even than they are in Spanish, which then presents an additional mm-hmm. translating challenge. So, But most in our area are from Guatemala or Mexico. We've definitely have met people from Venezuela. We've met people from El Salvador. Those are probably the biggest ones that are immediately coming to mind, okay. but Guatemala being the largest. And how are they finding the Upper Cumberland? Well, a lot of times it has come from some connection they already have here, either a family member that's already showed up or somebody that – that they know that has showed up here for a job or something like that. Um, that it's, everybody obviously has a unique story of how they got to Cookville, which mm-hmm. always feels so bizarre to me. How did you come from Guatemala to Cookville? <laughs> but it's at, most of the time there is some sort of connection either within a family or a friend that has at least gotten them into this area. And as as we all know, they find it affordable. I mean, compared to living in Nashville or some of these bigger cities that Maybe most people would initially think of when they think of the state, some of the bigger cities, they realize pretty quickly that's going to be tough to swing there. And so they kind of look for these more affordable areas. And Cookville is a pretty affordable place to live.
0: And this has been happening for decades. I looked up the stats. Tennessee has experienced triple-digit growth in its Hispanic population between 1980 wow. and 2014. That's insane. So this is decades in yeah. the making. And I'm glad that we now have more resources. We, Like you mentioned, even with the health department, yeah. people are finally getting bilingual yes. pamphlets out and yes. everything.
1: And I think that's been something that's been encouraging to us. Just seeing that people are kind of cluing into that, realizing that this is a community we do have to serve and we get to serve. And and people are trying to have the resources available. They're trying to have translators available. They're trying to make sure that everybody within our community is able to understand what's going on and get the things in their hands that they need that are in the language that they can understand. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's growing, and we just want to try to embrace that and let people feel welcome and like they're a part of it.
0: You mentioned earlier there's uh, sometimes a bit of a disconnect between uh, locals who are from here and the Hispanic immigrant population. What are ways that we can help build that bridge, El Puente? Yes, I love it. Obviously through the Hispanic Community Center, but if other people are listening, saying, hey, what can I do on a daily basis to help our new Hispanic community members? I
1: love this question. Okay, so... One of the biggest things, and this sounds cheesy, but it is so true, just be nice and kind and smile. (laughs) I just can't get over how many people their initial reaction is kind of rudeness or, you know, maybe when they feel uncomfortable, they don't feel inclined to offer a warm smile or just even like a warm present. But so much of that goes such a long way in making somebody feel comfortable and welcomed and like even if maybe they're not super confident in English or whatever, they'd be more inclined to try if they just felt like this person is a kind person that I can try this with. Um, we get stories like that a lot of people. I went to order at the restaurant and I couldn't couldn't get my order out and I just ended up leaving because the person was getting so frustrated with me. And I just I just think that goes so far in making people feel okay and comfortable and like we have patience and that we can help with that. Another thing I tell people a lot is, It is okay to feel uncomfortable. Put yourself in these people's shoes. This is a daily thing. Anytime they go to the grocery store, anytime they go to the bank, anytime that they take their kid to school, they're constantly thinking, I either can't communicate or my communication, what can I say to communicate in this setting? And so it's okay for you to be in a situation where maybe everybody else is speaking Spanish and you Mm -hmm. don't understand what's going on. And just to take a moment to realize This is how these people feel frequently. Um, I think some level of discomfort is good for us. And it's just a reminder of like not everybody is sitting around feeling comfortable all the time. And so we at the at El Puente, when we have events, when we've done the cafe sitos, we're constantly inviting English speakers to come because we want them to kind of be in that environment of, hey, you're sitting at this table and everybody around you is speaking Spanish and you can't really contribute or help with the conversation. But that's okay. You can sit here and be okay with that because that's what a lot of these people are doing day in Mm -hmm. and day out. One thing we've talked about at El Puente is offering Spanish classes to help bridge that gap. Um, We do the English classes through the community ESL, but we've talked about offering Spanish classes because we do have a lot of people asking this question. You're asking, how can I get involved? I want to know more. I want to be able to communicate. I want to be able to help. And so we've talked about doing that. And I would love for some of our Spanish speakers to be teaching those classes, the Spanish classes, to the people that want to learn Spanish. So we're trying to look at ways to do that as well to help continue to bridge that gap. But I really just cannot emphasize enough being willing to feel a little uncomfortable mm-hmm. and having a nice smile, warming presence just goes so far in making people feel like I can take a little time to try to speak the English I know here. Or even if I can't communicate, this person doesn't care. They're going to be kind to me no matter what. Yeah. And stuff like that just goes so far. And
0: you can't assume anything about anyone. No, you You don't know their story. You don't know who they are. You really can't. I do
1: think it's so hard sometimes to remember that. And I know we all get busy and we get used to the comfort that we have and we can experience because this is our culture. This is our language. We're from here. We know what to do. But if you can just for a second, put yourself in somebody else's shoes and think about the challenges that could be presented with that. Another thing, this isn't this is very general, but. Just travel, travel somewhere besides Cookville, Tennessee, as much as I love Cookville. But I think getting out of your comfort zone, going to a different culture, going to a different place, it just opened your eyes to, man, we are not the only people in this world by any stretch of the imagination. And and it just allows you to kind of have a different perspective on this place that we are and how people may feel and just be more sympathetic.
0: Now, y'all have this great chase race.
1: We do. Coming Coming up. Coming up. August 12th, 8 a.m., we'll be starting at the Biz Foundry, finishing up at the Exceptional Bean. All of the proceeds from the race are going to benefit El Puente, the Hispanic Community Center, like we've been talking about. But it'll be a fun morning. You can run. You can walk. You can push a stroller. You can help volunteer. Um, but if you want any more information about it, you can go to the website, which is bit.ly, B-I-T dot slash Cookville Chase. And that'll give you all of the information about signing up, volunteering, supporting, I think there's even an option on there for sleeping, but supporting if that's your mode. So you can try that. You can try that if you want to.
0: Jill, you work so hard in this community and I can imagine a lot of the days can be a little heavy. What do you do to decompress?
1: (laughs) Well, I do think I, I mentioned earlier in the, in the show, um, We are believers, and I think there's just such a calling that has been placed on my heart and then my coworkers as well, that this is how we are supposed to treat people. These are our neighbors. When we talk about loving your neighbors, like this is that community. And there are days that it is hard and it feels exhausting. And like it's just been nonstop all day long with needs and trying to meet all of those needs. But I think just trying to kind of keep the focus at the forefront of our minds is helpful and why we're doing the things that we're doing we also do try to take breaks, which I think is important. <laughs> um, and so, and, but also having community around us and support from people, the people that we work with, and then also the people that are involved at the community center. They're so grateful. They're thankful. Um, and that definitely keeps us going and motivated. And it's its a nice thing to see.
0: How do you want the community center to grow?
1: Oh, man, we've got a lot of <laughs> thoughts <laughs> and I feel like there's just so many directions it could go. Um, Like I had mentioned earlier about having the um, like a caseworker to help with different things when we kind of envision like what would be the ideal picture of El Puente? It is doing a lot of these things that we're doing now, having the cafecito, offering the empowerment classes. And then there is that component of having caseworkers available to help with specific issues with people and with families. I envision like a larger center where people can, you know, hey, we want to rent out this room for our small group or we'd like to do a little Uh, English tutoring class in here and people are coming and going and it feels like a space that people can just come and be there be together English speakers Spanish speakers choose speakers whatever other country just a place that people can come and be together and feel comfortable and welcomed and loved that's really what we want from the community center. And what are you most proud of?
0: I know that's a big (laughs)
1: heavy question. I think I'm the most proud of how we have even as things have, have sort of taken off which we've I do feel like we've been able to share a lot about the community center this last year on the radio with different organizations. We've made so many connections. Um, and sometimes for me, it's easy to get real caught up in like all of the, you know, publicity and all of this kind of stuff. But I feel like we've done a really good job of keeping the focus on the things that we want to keep the focus on, which is community and the people that we're serving. Um, I should have said this long ago in this, but I have. we have no corner on this market, so to speak. Like We're not experts on this community. We're not experts on how to take care of people, but we're just trying to do the best that we can. We're trying to learn from our experiences of realizing how community has impacted our lives and how important that is, and then just sharing that love with other people. And so I think we've done a really good job of doing that I feel really proud of the people that I work with my husband Chad and then the other couple I mentioned Jeff and Jordan we have a new couple that's come on with us Julio and Jolene and it's just I'm proud of them and the work they're doing and I'm really really proud of all the people that come and participate in the events and the things that we do in Cafe Cito it takes a lot to step out of your comfort zone and even attend something like that and I'm just I'm proud of them for doing that and they're doing a Great job, and I hope that that just continues to grow. Just be willing to maybe have that moment of uncomfortableness to re- to get to know some great people and to be a part of something that's really huge. It's the only way you grow. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes growth is uncomfortable. Exactly. It
0: is. It yeah. always
1: is. Puberty. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> great example.
0: <laughs> Jill my net. <laughs> From El Puente Hispanic Community Center, thank you so much for joining us. And don't miss the great Chase Race, August 12th. In case you want more m- info about the race,
1: you can go to bit.ly slash cookvillechase. Um, all of our organizations, El Puente, Cookville, Mana Global Missions, Flint Global, we're all on Facebook, and you can all check all of us out on there. Or just call the radio. Call the radio. We'll <laughs> help you figure it out. Thank you
0: so much for joining us, Thanks, Jill.
1: Caroline.